Hello and welcome to the Pivot Podcast. The Pivot Podcast. Where we go episode by episode and talk all about the show Friends, the 90s, and everything in between. I'm Natalie. And I'm Tiana. Now let's pivot. Hello, hello, everybody. Happy hump day. We're back. We are back. The one with two parts, part two. Yes, I like this one better already. Like, it's skip to the end. I like this part better. (laughs) Oh my gosh, so much better. This is probably, this is probably a favorite episode of this season. Not the series, but the season for me for sure. Yeah. So I'm I'm very excited. Good one. But we have some smup dates. We're gonna make we'll make a quick. Yeah, we're gonna make this very quick. (laughs) This is not turning into a very good experiment, you guys. I know. I might be. I might be quitting. Oh, at some point because, okay, so I've hit past a hundred pages now. Mm-hmm. We've had two interludes where there's been like sexual behavior and it's, I don't know. It's just not it. No one would behave this way. Mine's interesting. I'm just at a hundred pages. We have one kiss. You would have granted. I got to think about it. it's back in the times. It's like the Bridgerton times where like you don't do anything unless you're married. And so a kiss is like, oh my God. What is this? So I think I just have to reset my expectations. Yeah, I think I'm there. Well, okay. So they are married in my book. Mm -hmm. And so, okay. They're, yeah, I don't know. They're doing things. It just, it's so conflicting that it's frustrating. It's so frustrating. It's like nobody would act like this in the, in normal life. And then all of a Mm -hmm. sudden get in the bedroom and they're like a completely different person. It's weird. It is really weird. Like, You're going to start to be like me and not finish things and just like, yeah, I don't have time for that. I know. I'm definitely not one of those people that like does that like mark is red kind of thing or like I I just don't finish stuff. But now I may take on a Tiana persona. Yeah. Which is which is a funny thing because I'm very type A. But when it comes to like, maybe I don't want to finish this book. Maybe I don't want to finish, you know all of the episodes in the series because it's terrible. I'm just going to stop. And it's so freeing. Yes. It's, it's all so freeing. There's so much content. Yeah. So much going on these days. I, it was funny because I get people that are like, Oh, you need to watch this show. You need to watch this uh-huh. show. And I'm like, Oh, I'll put it on the list. You guys, I don't really have a list. Okay. <laughs> I have a list. Do you? It's called my content plate. The I, plate runneth over. Yes. She's full, which actually I was watching succession. Okay. Current, currently up on the content plate. I'm in season two. And um, Roger, the creepy psychiatrist that yes. Phoebe dates, has entered the chat. Ah. He's got a total different vibe, though. And I was like, oh, my God. Raj. There you are, Raj. He's totally guy. different. Hate that guy. Hate that guy. Okay. Last thing before we dive into the episode. We were talking about Cobb salads before. Yes. You had a Cobb salad tonight for dinner. Girl, I love a good Cobb salad. I love a Cobb salad, but there's a very specific reason why I love a Cobb salad. And this goes, this takes back to my like eating disorder days. But I heard that Jennifer Aniston, she, every day that they filmed, she ate a Cobb salad for lunch. Oh my God. And so I was like, I'm going to eat a Cobb salad every day for lunch and I'll be just as skinny as Jennifer Aniston. It's fucked up, but true. It's so funny though, because I guarantee you that any Anybody that's like an elder millennial like us or anywhere mm-hmm. in that kind of range could pinpoint, I ate this because this celebrity said that I did that. Yeah. Like, 
I'm trying to think back. I'm pretty sure at some point, oh, I ate grapefruit for breakfast forever because some Heidi Klum or somebody. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, girl, no, I now I'm like, I love my body. It's hard after having a baby, but like. I am curvy. I am never going to look like this other person. I just need to look like the best me. But you're so impressionable. You are. And it's like, I can't imagine. We talk about this all the time with our friends. I feel like just growing up with like the YouTube, the Instagram, TikTok, like I'll see these, a lot of these like influencers in the health and wellness space do the what I eat in a day stuff. Oh, And and on one aspect, it's like, okay, interesting. But on another aspect can be so harmful because again, people will see that and be like, if I eat like this, I'm going to look exactly like this person. It's like, no, no, no. That's not how the world works. No. Everybody's got a different metabolism. Everybody's got a different body mass index, all of that nonsense. And it's just the shit that goes through your head when you're a young person. I feel like now I can still battle it, but I definitely catch myself slipping back into the like, you know. Oh, it's so easy to do. Oh, you know what I did? Mm. I did the skinny fit tea thing. Oh when, God, the Chloe uh, Kardashian, Kim Kardashian tea stuff. Oh, did they do it? It was when the fit tea. It was when the oh, this is so terrible. What the Jersey Shore girls did it. I mean, they all did it. Yeah. They all were doing it. Drink this tea and you'll lose fifty pounds. Yeah, no, that did not happen. No. I will say that. Although I did sleep really well. <laughs> mm. But I don't know. Yeah, I did not do, lose fifty pounds. Do your research. Follow your own path. Be your own guru. All of that shit. Be your own windkeeper. Still, still love a cob salad, though. I will say. Oh, you can't go wrong with a good cob no. salad. No, you no, really no, can't. Well, this episode, we still have our same writers, David Crane, Marta Kaufman, mm-hmm. and our same director, Michael Lembeck, and this is kind of what we were talking about. Is this was all released on the same night, mm-hmm. but for HBO and um, disc purposes, it's broken up into two, two episodes so same people but original air date february 23rd 1995 mm-hmm. you know and i was actually thinking about this episode and how it's really the like duality episode of like you've got phoebe you know spoiler alert phoebe impersonating ursula rachel impersonating monica and it's just like it's a dual episode like it's really just duality all around Ooh, i didn't even think about that i mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. It's very, mm-hmm. very meta. Roz, yeah, like Roz thinking about Ben and his dream. Like, well, I'll get there. But the more I've been looking, I was like, oh, they are, they're drawing some parallels. It's interesting. I like it. Yeah. It's deep. It's deep. Okay. Should we get in the episode recap? We shall. Okay. Let's start with Monica and Rachel. They actually have shit to do this episode. They do. So after falling off the balcony, uh, taking down Christmas lights, Rachel limps into the emergency room with Monica. They're filling out intake forms and Rachel realizes that she doesn't have insurance. Oh, good God. She's what? 25? 25, 26? No insurance. She's she's on that cusp. I don't think the whole thing with like you can be 26 and be on your parents' insurance has kicked in. No. At that time, but you're screwed. Yeah. Oh, God bless you, Rachel Green. It's like, really? Yeah. Come on. Are you surprised? No. But are you surprised? Yes. Like, have some insurance, even though insurance is a scam. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we could do so much talking on that. That's dark hole. So after a few back and forths, Rachel's like, convinces Monica to put her name on the form instead. 
Oh, God. And uh, because Monica actually has insurance. And then when they're back in the hospital room, they meet two very attractive, cute doctors and ask them out on a date. <laughs> this is what I'm so excited about. Now that's grabbing a spoon. Oh, my God. Super Ross, cute. take notes. Super, super cute. Um, aren't you a little cute to be a doctor? I mean, young. Yes. Perfect. Like, oh, great line, Rachel. Nice, nice, smooth pickup line. But, you know, because Rachel is impersonating Monica, they have to pretend that they're the other person. I have so many problems with this. Like, this is a felony. <laughs> it's insurance fraud. It's insurance fraud. It's ID <laughs> theft. Oh, my God. It is. I just have so many problems with this just from a, yeah. like, moral standpoint. I don't think you could really get away with this getting into the moot points already. I don't think you could get away with this very easily nowadays with IDs and pictures and signatures and all that stuff. But, hey, in the 90s? Maybe. I mean, you would still have to give, like, your driver's license, but... Just Rachel. Maybe maybe they don't have a license. Like I feel like ID laws have just gotten much more intense. Yeah, the last few years. So I don't know. It's it's a stretch, but it's a cute stretch. Cute stretch. I'll take it. So the next night at the apartment, Monica and Rachel are back at their apartment. The two cute doctors arrive for their date. The doctors are like a little skeptical because they've had bad experiences dating women they met in the hospital. Which like, no shit. Yeah. Why are you picking up women at the hospital? Right. That is probably one of my favorite lines of any like guest star on this show is mm-hmm. look around. No pagan altars. Mm-hmm. Should we clarify who the cute doctors are? Yes. I've been waiting for you to ask. Okay. Who are the cute doctors, Natalie? So we have George Clooney. Who's that? Oh my God. I love him. <laughs> yeah. And then Noah Wiley. Okay. Yeah. You guys. So both very cute. Absolutely. I love my husband, but I would leave him in a heartbeat for Noah Wiley or George, George Clooney. <laughs> George. Who wouldn't? And I'm also a huge ER fan. Like, Oh, see, I've never watched ER. Oh, my God. You have to watch it. It's on Hulu. I've rewatched it a couple times now, but mm-hmm. I was actually allowed to watch ER before I was allowed to watch Friends. I don't know why. Really? I don't know why. I don't know if it was because of huh. extracurriculars and ER was on later. My mom was really into ER. Okay, so let's clarify. George Clooney and Noah Wiley are doctors in ER. And there's a little crossover here. A little crossover. Although they don't play their same characters, but they're still doctors. They're just cute doctors. They're just the cute doctors. Um, Oh, shit. I had something to say about cute doctors, and now I forgot. Oh, well. It'll come back to you. It'll come back. I'm sure it'll come back. So um, the next... So they're at the apartment. Rachel's like, let's just tell them who we really are and just like make it easy. Monica is not on board because of course Monica's a rule follower and they broke the rules and Monica doesn't want to get caught. And uh, Monica's like telling Rachel like, stop behaving like such a baby. And then Rachel's like getting mad. And she's like, you know, every day you're becoming more and more like your mother. Oh, that is a deep dig right there. Low blow. I really love this exchange with them. Like, Finally, I feel like finally you're starting to see some of the fun Monica Rachel f- best friendship. Yes. That, and roommate ship. That banter is finally there where it's mm-hmm. not just like they're existing together. Mm-hmm. They're like actually interacting. Mm-hmm. This is probably one of my favorite exchanges between them comedically though. Yes, they're finally, I feel like also like Monica gets to be a little bit funnier. Rachel gets to be a little bit funnier. Like they're kind of breaking out of their molds that they set. Yep. Um, And it's so, you know, Monica's then pissed because Rachel said she's becoming like her mother. And then uh, that kicks off a series of Monica and Rachel admitting things in front of the cute doctors uh, as the other person. So like 
Monica as Rachel will be like, I'm so spoiled. That was probably my favorite line. That was funny. Because it comes out of nowhere. All of a sudden she's just laughing and she's like, I am so spoiled. Yeah. That's it. And then Rachel as Monica, I used to be a cow. Oh my God. <laughs> I use my breasts to get other people's attention. Hey, we both do that. <laughs> Who hasn't? Right. I know, right? But it's just so fun. I, I loved seeing them break out of their shell. Monica breaking out of the like uptight type A cleaning. Yes. Rachel breaking out of the like kind of princess, princess, uh, you know, inequipped person. Like they both have just some confidence here. Yeah. That I love. Yes. And they have confidence in their friendship enough to say like, hey, you're being like an ass so, <laughs> in, a, in another sense of the words. Essentially, right? Yeah. So later on in the date, uh, Rachel's dad calls, but the cute doctor hands the phone to Monica thinking Monica's Rachel. And then uh, Monica, Monica tells Rachel's dad, because they're still in this fight, they're not happy, that uh, she had sex with a boy on his bed in high school. And Rachel's Rachel's like reaction, she's like, oh, oh, oh hand grabs to her the chest. chest, like, oh my god, like grabbing for the wall. Mm -hmm. Great, mm -hmm. great dramatic introduction there. Yeah. So the next day, let's go to the next day. Who knows what happened? I'm assuming the date did not end very well with the doctors. They get a call from the hospital telling them something's wrong with intake form, signatures missing. Which like, oh my god, yeah, the pit in the stomach. When you've when, done something wrong and somebody's caught you and you're just like, fuck. But then it's like not even about the thing. And you're like, oh, it's just a signature. Like they didn't catch them. But so they free, they're freaking out. They go back to the hospital and they're like, okay, screw this. We're just going to go back and like Rachel will fill out the forms as Rachel and just pay for it with a check. Which can't, couldn't have been cheap. No. Oh my gosh. When she says x-rays are going to be at least a couple hundred. I'm like, what? Way more than that. Yeah. Way more than that. Well, yeah. So shall we move on? Anything else around Monica and Rachel? No, I just love that exchange between them. I think that it's really cute and funny. And like I said, it's just that comedic timing for them. And it, it, you can't yeah. see them breaking out of their shells. I know what I was going to say about George Clooney. <gasps> okay. George Clooney is like, it's like the Leonardo DiCaprio effect. Like George Clooney dated a bunch of women. You know, I think Stacey Keebler for a long time. Oh yeah. He, he was going to be the like, eternal bachelor mm -hmm. and then finally this beautiful genius amal walks into the chat and boom gets married has twins lives in italy okay look can we just also sidebar on amal clooney amal mm -hmm. clooney is like like he didn't just get oh, anybody he did he not settle <laughs> this woman is not only drop dead fucking gorgeous she is a human rights attorney she is so smart and Her i'm just brain like is massive leonardo dicaprio if you stop dating 19 year olds maybe you'll I know. find your amal clooney that, like please leonardo dicaprio i am begging you like stop shopping in the junior section <laughs> like there are plenty of beautiful very intelligent women that could probably be a good partner to you but no no you perv right it's getting gross now it is it's past the point of like okay he's the old handsome like suave debonair like of yeah. course he could get a 19 year old at this point yeah he can get a 19 year old because he's leonardo dicaprio like yeah, now it's you're not just a good look you're gross. just paying for their for their lunch and their trips at this point which i can't fault the girls i mean girls gotta eat yeah you know do you boo but okay come on find Leo. an amal please i know amal leo's amal there, where I, are you i love their story because she's she's the exception to the rule i know you're never gonna break this guy you're never gonna be the exception until you're the exception right you're the amal 
Exactly. All right, let's get into Ross. So Ross, we, Ross has a dream that he's going, that he throws his soon to be born son like a football. <laughs> Just oh my God. Ross describing the dream. He throws the, he throws the baby as the football and then he's the one on the field and he has to catch the baby as the football. <laughs> it's great. It's such a complicated dream, but I totally get it. I know, right? I had weird dreams when I was pregnant. Did you? Weird dreams. Like, um, like I would leave the baby on, um, like the ottoman or something and the baby would like roll off and I'd have to like go catch it like that my biggest fear was dropping my baby yeah yeah it was weird I have I have nightmares of holding like other people's babies like I'm sure it's happened with your baby of like the head like I have nightmares of just like trying to keep their head afloat (laughs) and then like like it's almost like they're a beanie baby and I just like drop them because they're just floppy and I try to like catch them and like they bang their head and I try to like hide it like nothing's happening like (laughs) these dreams keep happening I'm like oh my god (laughs) I swear I know how to hold a baby you'll be fine it's just it's just a dream because I you know. know what? Ross didn't throw his kid like a football. I know. Ross, Ross, speaking of Ross, he's doubting if he's ready to become a father or not. And he's what, 26 years old? I mean, yeah. you can't fault the guy. That is young yeah. to become a father I or mean, a parent in general. It, and, and it was not planned. It's definitely a weird situation. Like, mm-hmm. I totally resonate with Ross here. Like, I would be very very mm-hmm. overwhelmed if I were him too. I had a thought thinking of like, Ross is kind of like those people in high school that got married really young and then had kids and then got divorced. Like, yep. you know, that's like the class moving. Like now yep. we're dealing with the divorces yep. it's and the, the, the second marriages, you know, mm-hmm. there's like this different waves. It was like mm-hmm. the first people to get married, have kids. And then they were the, also the first people to get divorced. And then there yep. was like the second wave. And mm-hmm. those are the people that, I feel like I was in the second wave of like getting married and then second wave of having kids. And hopefully I never get divorced. (laughs) We'll see. Put it out there. No, you'll never get divorced. Nah. Well, side note, Marcel, you know, thinking about Marcel's Stenland picture, um, the TV is still in Spanish. Oh yeah. Sap, sap mode. Do you know what sap mode means? What does it stand for? I'm a Spanish. I don't, should we Google? We should Google. What is sap mode? Spanish at, Something Spanish attention. So it is secondary audio programming. Oh, <laughs> we're trying to make it so. sap mode. So the TV is in sap mode, but Ross goes and seeks advice from his dad. And he's like, dad, when did you feel like you were first a father? Which I thought was a really cute conversation. It was really cute. And I love Elliot Gould. You can't ever go wrong with Anytime him. you can bring Elliot Gould. What's weird connection Eventually, Elliot Gould and George Clooney would be in Ocean's Eleven together. I was going to mention. And 12 and 13. Yep. It's very... Really good. I love those movies. Oh, they're great movies. Even it's... 12. Oh, yeah. And what's the one with Sandra Bullock? Ocean's Eight. Yeah. O- Ocean's Eight. Yeah. yeah. That one's still good. Not as good, I think, as the other ones. But even in 12, when the guy's doing the dance and he's like, the music is playing and he's doing these like martial arts moves to get the vase and he's... a avoiding all the lasers. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. That's like the best part of that movie. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. Back to Ross. So Ross's dad says that he knew that he was going to be a father when he grabbed his finger. I thought that was so sweet. Did you feel anything like that? Did you have a moment like that? Yeah, but I could feel her moving. Mm. So it was like, I had that moment way before I think my husband did. And I think, I don't know, we'd have to ask him. 
That's why I'd be interested. Like, did you freak out? Did you feel unprepared? I mean, when I told him I was pregnant, he collapsed to the floor and just sat there with his hands on his forehead, like looking at the ceiling. Like, what did we do? Yeah. I mean, I lucky for us, it was very, very, very easy to get pregnant. So it was like, <laughs> did not think that this was like a hole in one situation. <laughs> Hold on your pants, Paul. We're having a baby. Here we go. And I told him like three days before I was able to take tests. I was like, I'm pregnant. And he's like, you have to take a test in like a few days. I'm like, but I know. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. You can't, but know. I know. I, I can know and yeah. it's happening. <laughs> so the next day, Ross and Chandler are playing Scrabble at Monaco and Rachel's apartment and Marcel is there. They realize that they're missing a K. They look at little Marcel and he's choking on what can only be assumed is the K. Like that little like, oh, that sound. Sound. It was bad. Ross swoops Marcel to the emergency room, the same emergency room that Monica and Rachel are out refilling their forms. Lord above. I know. And he demands they see Marcel because the animal hospital is way across the town and he needs immediate attention. Oh, sweet. So sweet. Obviously, like, he's got the dad instincts. Oh, I yeah. I think is the message here. Ross has dad instincts. He's going to be just fine. Doesn't even know it. He's going to yeah. be just fine. So he, um, hearing all the commotion, one of the cute doctors, I think it's George Clooney. Yes. Um, from Monica and Rachel's date over here is and says he can take a look, which is so sweet. Mm-hmm. A few hours, all the friends are back in the room. Marcel's sleeping and Ross Chandler's like, Ross, you're going to be a great dad. Like you were so protective. Marce- Marcel needed you and you were there. And then in that moment, Marcel wakes up and he grabs Ross's finger. No. Duality moment. Going back to where his dad knew he was going to be a father or he was a father when he grabbed his finger. I love it. Lots of callbacks. Adorable. I thought this was fun. Just a New York Minute by Don Henley starts playing at that moment. So here's something funny because I, I caught that too. And I, I love Don Henley. My parents are huge Eagles fans. I had no idea who Don Henley was. Oh my God. You of course would know who Don Henley is. And I'm like, who's that? I know. My parents raised me on rock and roll. So, I mean, here I am. Um, a wealth of unusable information until now. <laughs> so Don Henley's lead singer of the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know the Eagles. Yeah. Okay. Here's here's a weird full circle moment. Okay. I can't, I'm not going to tell you exactly what happens in ER because I want you to watch it and this will ruin it. Aren't there like a lot of episodes though? There's a lot of episodes. I don't know. And George, I already told you my content plate runneth full. Okay. So I'll just tell you. So there's a moment where, um, so Juliana Margulies is in ER and she is George Clooney's love interest the whole show. George Clooney leaves in like season five. And I think Juliana Margulies goes like out to, to go after him like a season later or something. Mm -hmm. And that moment where she goes to like get him and is like, I'm here. Like, I want to be with you. Let's do this. It's a Don Henley song playing. Oh yeah. We used to listen to it all the time. So did Don Henley go out after the Eagles or before? Uh, He went out. Did he do like solo career post? I don't know if it was after, if it was kind of during, but he did have a solo career. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I do. I love the Eagles. Yeah. That was like one of my dad's favorite bands and I love the Eagles. Yes. So yeah, Don Henley has a place in Friends and ER. And now we've got George Clooney. And now you've got George Clooney. Look at that. Well, let's get into Joey and Phoebe because they've Mm. got a quite interest, quite an interesting um, story here. So the friends are planning a surprise birthday party for Phoebe. Joey is, of course, dating Ursula and is not going to make it like... Dude, oh, you hate to heart. see it. You hate to see it, but also it's like, well, I I guess I get it. I mean, 
it just was like, which came first, chicken or the egg? Did the party come first and then Joey? But I guess they're twins. So, of course, he would be celebrating with her on her birthday. Yeah. But, like, but how long still, have you been dating her? That's a good point. Like, Phoebe's your good friend and you're just going to, like, bounce and have a date with Ursula. Choose a different day. I'm like, sorry. I'm busy. Yeah. No kidding. She doesn't care. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, obviously. Obviously. So the night of the party, Ross shows up with the cake. And I love this moment. I just wanted to pick this out of like the friends make a mistake. They think it's Phoebe at the door and they in, at the knock. And then they open the door and yell surprise and scare the shit out of Ross. And he <laughs> flings the cake. Just his just his reaction. Like, oh, my God. So good. <laughs> oh, that physical comedy is really good. It's so funny. They're, they take the cake over and they're trying to fix it. And Phoebe like wanders in and they do it. Second surprise. I know. Happy birthday, Pee-hee. Pee-hee. What's that? Got a lemon schmush. I know. It's that, that moment, though, Phoebe realizes that all her favorite people are there except for Joey. Oh, which in all actuality is probably her favorite. They have a yeah, bond. Yeah, they have a good bond. And it's sad because it's like when people just don't show up for you. That's that, that's that moment. Whether it's your birthday, it's your wedding, it's a hard time. When people just don't show up, you're, you, you know, you're like, Putting this, putting this, marking this in my book, and I'm keeping it for later. Yep. I remember this one. I can be real petty. <laughs> that's real that. Real petty. That's that Italian. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You I do get not, joy. Don't cross tea in her Italian side. No. I'm telling you. So the next day we see Joey, and he's upset because, ooh, Ursula stood him up. Didn't deserve that, did you, Joey? Nope. So Phoebe can see that, of course, because Phoebe's a good friend. She sees the heart on his face. And she goes to visit Ursula at Riffs to say, like, hey, are you done with Joey? Yeah. Like, good for her. Like, that is a good friend. Like, going yeah. to confront this person, being like, yeah. dude, what the fuck? You just hurt my friend. Like, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? And it's just Phoebe's in, Phoebe confronts her in her non-confront confrontational way she's kind of i think she understands like ursula is a piece of work and is not going to get through to her no um but i thought this was interesting that's the first time that phoebe says like no vegetarian like she's a vegetarian no food with a face yep right i noticed that nothing with a face so it's like okay now we have some full distinction vegetarianism for phoebe another character development yes so ursula is like no joey's smart and uh he'll get it so i'm not going to tell him which is kind of ironic but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay yeah so phoebe then arranges a meeting at the coffee house as ursula we've got the duality going so rachel impersonating monica ross having that same moment as his dad now phoebe is impersonating ursula so mm. that she can break up with joey face to face because she thinks he he's, she's like he deserves to know yeah it's sweet which is like a callback to phoebe being the master breaker upper oh yeah remember how chandler needs her to break up it's like she's just so good with people she is. She's a good people person for sure. It's because she's like a woo-woo feeler type. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because Joey thinks that she's Ursula and Phoebe's like, she kind of, as Ursula says, like choose me or her to kind of test Joey's um, loyalty. And Joey chooses Phoebe. I love that. Which was a good choice. Yes. Thank you, Joey. Um, Joey gives Phoebe as Ursula a goodbye kiss. And as he wa- as he's walking to the door, he realizes that it's Phoebe and not Ursula. Do you see her reaction though after he kisses her? She's like, "Wow!" And yeah, like, yeah. Sits back. I'm just like, "Ooh!" They have some cute chemistry. They really do. Mm-hmm. And um, okay, good. I think a good opportunity to bring this in. Matt LeBlanc gave an interview or somewhere and said that reportedly there was a rejected ongoing subplot 
that Joey and Phoebe would have been having casual sex together throughout the entire series. Uh, what do you think about that? I don't know, man. That would, I could see that being cute, but then it'd be sad because then if they did that with Monica and Chandler, Monica yeah. and Chandler wouldn't be as cute because that is so fucking funny. When they get to that point, holy cow, is that whole mm -hmm. thing hilarious. So I'm glad they didn't do it. Me too. I think it's like too much of a good thing. Mm -hmm. It worked really well when Monica and Chandler were doing it. I think with Joey and Phoebe, like, I think they're just so much better off as friends. Yeah. Like, it's just too much of a good thing. I went to that same thing of like, well, if they did that, then they could have never done Chandler and Monica. No. And then you would never have Paul Rudd and Phoebe. Yes. Oh, that oh, storyline is my Rudd. favorite for her. Oh, when, love Paul, that. when Paul Rudd plays the piano, the airless <laughs> piano, one of the funniest <laughs> moments ever. I forgot that one. That's a funny so one. So good. All right. Oh. Well, we're at the end of the episode. We're still the episode. They bring it the post credits or just pre credits. The, there's in sap mode. Mm -hmm. And all the friends and they're speaking Spanish. And the, okay, so I found the translation because I always wondered, like, what are they saying? Oh, yeah. So Ross says, here you go. Monica says, who ordered General Sao's chicken? Chandler, it could have been General Sao. I don't get that joke. I think, like, who ordered this? Like, oh, who ordered this product? It's the a product general himself. A general's order? Yeah. Okay, I get it. <laughs> it's very... Very multi-layered joke here. Lord above. Rachel's like, look, look, ugly naked guy is doing the hula hoop. <laughs> and they all, and then Joey walks in. Hi, Joey. Hi, friends. <laughs> look, Ross, Marcel took the remote control. The funny thing is he doesn't even like TV. <laughs> oh, that's that's good. good. It's good. It's cute. It's, yes. I think it sounds better in Spanish. <laughs> yeah, I do too. It's yeah. definitely like, I don't know. It's just comedic. I don't know why, mm -hmm. but... Super funny. All I right. Well, that. let's take a quick break and then we'll get into some more background stuff. All right. This episode is brought to you by the Stitch Sisters. Ever wanted to find the perfect handmade crochet gift? The Stitch Sisters have you covered. Check out their store where they create crochet goods to order. They create beanies and headbands as well as fun knickknacks for every occasion. You can find them on Etsy at the Stitch Sisters store or follow them on Instagram at Stitch Sisters store. Okay, we're back. So, bloopers and blunders. Yes. Oh, no. Not bloopers and blunders. <laughs> Skipped over a whole section. We still have some fun research that we did. Yes. There's a lot of fun stuff. There's so, a lot. We talked already. This is the duality impersonation episode. Mm -hmm. We talked a lot about George Clooney, Noah Wiley. Mm, yum. Is that, am I saying his name right? I think so. That's Wiley. how I say it. Yeah. Both very cute people. Yes. Um, I thought this was interesting. So with the whole thing about Marcel squall swallowing the Scrabble tile yes. was a throwback to the Curious George books in Curious George Goes to the Hospital. Yeah. Where George swallows a puzzle piece and has to go to the hospital to have it surgically removed. So funny. I like, I mean, I don't know for sure if it is, but it, I mean, it seems on It makes brand. sense. Did you ever watch Curious George? No, not religiously i mean i've seen like the movies and stuff as yeah. a kid but yeah it was like a peripheral watch it wasn't like arthur like remember arthur <gasps> oh. arthur was like every morning before school 6 30 a.m watch arthur go to school yes arthur magic school bus dw reed <gasps> magic school bus yes that was a good one what was her name miss frizzelli 
Miss Frizzle. Miss Frizzle. Mm-hmm. I just made it very Italian. <laughs> Miss Frizzle. And then recess. Yes. I feel like the, oh, well, but then you've got Hey Arnold mm-hmm. and then you've got Rugrats. This could go down a very dark hole you or guys, very deep hole. I could. Oh yeah. It's not dark at all. I mean, I could go down the nineties cartoons, cartoons, sitcoms for like a whole episode, but yes. So, um, no curious George <laughs> for me. I was like, wow, where did we, where did we go? start? Well, we have, we have a friend in our friend group who didn't have cable TV growing up. So he has no idea what any of these cartoons are. Oh, and I'm wow. just like, what did you do in your childhood? You know, I have a friend like that too, though. I mean, they just, they didn't grow up with TV, but it's funny because if like, for example, I had never seen Labyrinth as a kid. Never watched it. I don't it. think I have either. I watched it as an adult. So one of my friends had never seen The Never Ending Story, which was like my- What? I know. That was my big show. So she watched Never Ending Story. I watched Labyrinth. And you're just never going to get the same reaction out of watching it as an adult because it's yeah. just so weird. Like watching, was it David Bowie in Labyrinth with a weird cock? I, I've never cock watched piece. it. Like, so. oh, it's dude, it's weird. So- <laughs> But as a kid, the never ending story that's with that like Muppet looking thing. Like I know I've seen it, but I cannot remember what the hell it's about. Really? Oh. I think I blocked it out. Maybe we'll rewatch I've definitely that. seen it. It's good. That's probably that and the Goonies are my, those are my two favorite movies of all time. I never was like a big Goonies fan. Like I, I like, I watched it, but I wasn't ever like die hard. Oh yeah. I liked you know? it. I, James Brolin. I would also, mm. well, not now because he's old, but he still looks good. He still, that man has aged well, yeah. just like George Clooney and yeah. Noel Wiley for that matter. So, but uh, I also talked about Matt LeBlanc and that subplot mm-hmm. again, glad they didn't do that. That would have been weird. Don't think it, I don't think it was needed. And I'm glad that, yeah, they, I'm glad they had their little kiss. They're, they do have chemistry, which I think throughout the series they play upon, mm-hmm. but we don't need to be. We don't need to be crossing those lines. No. Um, and then we talked about Don Henley too. I swear. Yeah. I love Don Henley. I'll have to get you this, the uh, the actual song that plays in ER. Because it's okay. a really, really good one. Cool. Um, so into some bloopers and blunders. Um, giving our moo points. We've already kind of talked a little bit. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Um, so there's a spot when Monica and Rachel are first in the hospital. Monica tells the receptionist that she needs new forms. And as she puts the wrong details in, mm-hmm. like there's an eraser on the, on the, she's using a pencil. Like, come on. Give Monica. the woman a pen. Seriously. There's a lot actually in that whole scene when they're in the hospital, there's another part where they're at the counter and it pans back and forth. And the woman in the red skirt behind them changes mm-hmm. between yeah, there's bit. some character shift in behind there from scene to bit. scene. A little bit. It's a yeah. little dramatic. But and as sweet as it was, I highly doubt a hospital would take in a monkey who's uh, choking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one was that one was tough. That's a stretch. They're definitely like toeing the line here of like, okay, we'll just hand wave this away because it's a cute story. Yeah. Also, why is your animal hospital all the way across town? Shouldn't there be more in New York City? I don't know. Just saying. I don't know. Um, and then this is the biggest one. So season nine, Phoebe and Ursula's birthday is supposed to be in October around mm-hmm. Halloween because Phoebe is a birthday party and Joey complains about the fact that it's on Halloween. Mm-hmm. If you guys have watched the series, you know this when Sean Penn is our guest star. I love Sean Penn. Oh, yes. it's, that's a really good one. So that 
that doesn't match up right now because mm-hmm. it's after February because we've given Rachel shit about not taking down the lights and this is her birthday. Yeah. Th- so in this episode, her birthday is supposed to be in February, but then in season nine, they put it in October, which is, yes. you would think someone has a spreadsheet somewhere of how old everybody is, when their birthdays are, what their backgrounds are, where are they from? Right. Because you should have that stuff down, especially because later on in the series, they also do the one where they all turn 30. Yeah. So why is that like not kept track? I don't know, but a little bit of a screw up here. I yeah. don't. It is what it is. I judge you a little bit, friends, writers. Someone lost Phoebe's character profile and rewrote it in season nine. No kidding. I mean, maybe she's just always a work in progress. That'll be something to keep attention to is like when their actual birth, like when their birthdays are. Yes. You know? Yeah. We're going to pay attention because it comes back in so many of the episodes. Mm So Mm -hmm. now on to our fashion watch. Fashion watch. Not a lot in this episode. The silky robe from the one with the dozen lasagnas came back. I saw that. Fabulous. I think you even said, does this robe come back? And I was like, no. Yeah. And it does. It does. But it's so minor. Yeah. And it's really funny because the whole scene you're watching Rachel argue with her dad on the phone about like, daddy, why would I do that? I would never have slept with Billy Dreskin because his dad took you out of business or something like that. Right. Oh, also, we've talked a lot about Rachel and her like slut dumb or not. Yeah. Okay. Specifically, Monica says freshman year. Yeah, she slept with Billy Dreskin, so we know in high school she was actually having point, sex. Point in the loose, point in the loose bin. Yes, no judgment, no. But point as far as like was Rachel slutty or what? I hate using that word slutty. Yeah. It's so like derogatory and like. Did she have sex or was she just a tease? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So bucket point in the sex bucket. Yep, she got a she's got she a, got point a bucket. bucket. Point <laughs> in the bucket. Um, this is I was like this is the the sweater episode. Yeah, you got Ross, Joey, Monica, Chandler. They've all got these big chunky ninety sweaters. Yes, and I mean Which I love a chunky sweater. Oh yeah, I don't think chunky sweaters have ever gone out of style. I think no. they've kind of like morphed, but yeah, you can never not have a good chunky sweater. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then um, Joey's hair. <gasps> oh my gosh good. i was just gonna say like did he get a hair change because that moment where he's like holding his lips and he's like looking back at phoebe i was like oh god his hair looks really good it's like less in his face yes i think they realized how good looking matt leblanc is and is like why do we need to put his hair in his face lift it up and show us the face no kidding love so. that face too okay so i'm so curious can we do taking our wind because I had first, because I had the hardest time doing best friend. Really? I have like three top candidates that I'm just like, I could not choose from. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Who's your friend of me? Who's taking your win? Oh, okay. No, you need to start. I start? Yeah. Who's my friend of me? Yes. I'm going to say Rachel for not having insurance. Oh. oh okay. Stupid. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty stupid. <laughs> God, yeah. I mean, that is such an adult thing, but I get it. It's like she was getting married, so why did she have to worry about it? Because she was just going to be on her. Somebody else takes care of it. I think. I think this is a life lesson that Rachel's learning, but also Rachel have insurance. And and then, um, honorable mention to Joey for judging his friend's birthday party. Okay, not a good look. That Joey's mine. Joey's yours. Yeah, I I went back and forth because uh, I was honestly thinking of doing like. Rachel and Monica as a duo. Oh, because 
insurance fraud. Insurance fraud. But I'll give them honorable mention. But Joey, <laughs> I mean, you just, you don't show up to one of your closest friend's birthday party for a girl. Like, yeah. It, you know how she feels about this already. You've already seen her kind of hurt when you try to give her the gift. Like, yeah. So I'm, I'm so team Phoebe on that one. And I, I'm Joey's taking my wind. He made the wrong decision. Yes. He needs to learn from it. And I think he did. Absolutely. Okay. So our best friend, mine's Ross. Yours is Ross. Yes. I, he was in my top three. Yeah. It's just so sweet. It's, yeah, you know, yes, it is all about Ross. But yeah, becoming a parent is fucking scary. Like, it is a lot. And the fact that he goes to his dad and is like, Dad, when mm-hmm. did you know? It's just, and do you not want to go to Colonial Williamsburg now? Like, yeah. this is a really sweet, sweet episode for Ross. So I will give it to him. I was I was thinking about that and like just him and his his dream like him narrating his dream and then his reaction when they yell surprise and he flings the cake and then at the end with Marcel like his acting is so good mm-hmm. and you really are rooting for Ross in this episode and like I could have seen Ra- um, David Schwimmer totally getting an Emmy nom for this specific episode because I thought he was so great yeah I could see that too actually yeah but who is your best friend so okay so my other so my honorable mention, I have two honorable mentions. Ross is one. Phoebe is the other because she did such a good job at letting Joey down and Ooh. like being there as a friend. She could have easily said, screw you. You weren't there for me. So why would I be there for you? Like she took the high road. So this is funny. My best friend is Monica. What? Because she's willing to go along with insurance fraud for Rachel. Like that is a good friend. Oh my, I mean, that is a ride or die. Yeah. For real, for real. I did not expect you to pick Monica. Yeah. Wow. Because I was thinking Phoebe and I was like, oh, T's totally going to pick Phoebe if she doesn't pick Ross. Wow. That's a left field one. I like it. Okay. I mean, just if you're willing to go along for your insurance fraud, like that's a good friend. And I I really liked Monica and Rachel together, even though Rachel's my frenemy, like their duo, like they really stepped it up. Yes. I feel like... Everyone stepped it up this episode. Mm-hmm. You know? I agree. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what is your Joey sandwich rating? Speaking of stepping it up, I give this a five. Shut up. I know. I'm. What? Well, okay. For one, no Wiley and George Clooney. Yeah. Holy cow. That's a good one. Cannot go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I love the Monica and Rachel interlude like that back and forth about like, I used to be a cow and oh, I'm just so spoiled. That's it. (laughs) That whole thing is so funny. And then you've got Phoebe and Joey, like everybody kind of has their parts. The person that you really don't hear much from is Chandler. Yeah. So everybody's kind of got their things. Great guest stars. It's great writing. I mean, can't really go wrong with it so it's my first five it's your first five Yay. how do you feel i feel great yeah i feel like i'm gonna give them out like oprah now i like candy you get a five and you get i mean i've been giving fives out <laughs> okay i had this episode and it granted maybe it was just in a bad mood and maybe now i'm just in a really good mood i had my rating at a three. Oh, but i'm gonna bring it up to a four Ah. For all of the reasons that you listed and where when you really think about like we talked Monica, Rachel, Ross, Phoebe, 
and Joey and like the guest stars. It it's good. Like the writing is really good. The acting is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, not not one of my favorites. Like when I think about like this is. I think I rated it a three because I was like, it's a very forgettable episode for me for some reason. Oh. But then you say like George Clooney and you're like, oh, duh. Yeah, absolutely. So I I think four, four for sure. Okay. I like yeah. it. Yeah. So it was a good one. Yeah. Overall. It was a good one. It was a very good one. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. You guys, the one with two parts, part two, episode 17. I know. Thank we you guys for joining us all, all along this journey. We yeah. appreciate you. I'm excited for the next episode because I feel like these last few episodes in the season one get really good too. Oh yeah, they're about to crush it, y'all. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening, you guys. You can um, follow us along on Instagram at the pivot pod and then email us at don't take my wind at gmail.com i know you guys all have some thoughts we've got a lot of stuff to discuss so give us your thoughts and then if you could please follow the podcast wherever you get your podcast and then rate review and you know subscribe all right, all right we'll talk to you later bye, bye.